Hey folks, what's going on? Arm and Hammer here, and the following is really, really exciting. It is a one hour long conversation that I had with Matt Fraser out in Miami during Wadapalooza. Now, we talked about a whole lot of different stuff, and this podcast is going to range through a big variety of different moments. And one of the things that we talked about was you know what? Why he's portrayed as a as almost a bad guy in the CrossFit space. Why he seems to be portrayed as so such an angry character. We also talked about when he first got into CrossFit and you know, met a lot of the athletes who we see as legends, who at the time to him were just normal dudes who he was warming up with in the back uh, before competing. And we also talked a little bit more about you know how, how private he is and and how he sort of separates the line between the persona that he puts out there and the private life that he so cherishes to keep with Sammy and his close friends and family. And so I think it's a really good look at less of Matt Fraser, the athlete, and the the sort of personality that we've gotten to know over the years, and more of a look behind the curtain of Matt Fraser as a person, as a man, making a living doing this crazy thing in competitive exercise. It was a lot of fun. It was a big treat. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the next opportunity to, to really chat for him for an extended sit-down like this again. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I'll see you guys next time. And by the way, if you're watching the video, there's a portion in the middle, maybe like a, maybe two and a half minutes long, maybe three minutes long, right around the middle where my camera had shut off. There's still audio, so there, the screen will go to black, but it'll come right back in, in just a few minutes. So if that happens, don't don't worry about it. And if you're just listening to this, well, imagine somewhere in the middle, the screen goes black or something. I don't know. Either way, folks, thanks so much. I'll see you guys next time. Matt, you're just saying that this is the first, well, the second event you've ever been to that you're not competing at. Yep. So I was at, I went to Granite Games, I think it was last year. Um, and then. That's about it. This. That's yeah, crazy. That was the first, Granite Games was the first competition I've ever been to and not competed. And so this is the second, and this is the the one that, you know, it's, it's a half vacation, you know, it's like a destination. So, yeah. you know, you got the beaches, the nice weather. Uh, you know, vendor village is set up. It's just a spectacle in it, in itself. So, you know, it's, I'm having such a good time getting to hang out with all the people that they usually show up to the competitions and I have to be like, oh, you know, sorry, I can't see you until after the competition. And then it's usually everyone leaves on Sunday night and then I'm there on Monday and I'm like, Hey, you still here? And like, no, dude, I've, I left. I, I have a job. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm actually getting to spend time with a lot of people that are coming in and so, you know, I'm just having the best time down here. Yeah, I I imagine. I mean, I, it's funny to look back, you know, like the seasonal change probably has a lot to do with that because usually the events that you would be at were really high stakes, like really high fucking stakes. And so why would you want to be in the middle of Vendor Village? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, usually right now it's, you know, I'm the open is usually pretty important so you know it's getting into that but i competed in dubai like a month ago and so now this is my off season so traveling is way easier when i'm not required to get 10 hours sleep when i'm not required to do two or three training sessions a day uh when i'm not required to be eating a perfect diet i can literally just go with the flow and it's like, oh, you only got five hours sleep. Oh, that's fine. Like just have an extra cup of coffee and, you know, oh, you know, yeah, we couldn't get into the gym today. It's like, oh, 
who cares? I'm in the off season, you know? Uh, so it's the first time I've gotten to travel like a normal person in a long time. You know, I don't have a whole second suitcase of training equipment, right? Requirements for gym allotment time. And so it's, I, I've, I've been having a blast. Yeah. There. And it's, it's interesting. You know, I don't know if you remember, but almost exactly five years ago is the first time we met at ECC. Yeah, uh, you came up to the hotel room, did something almost exactly like this. Oh, we that's did a podcast. right. That's right. Uh, I remember that with with, with Scott. Scott. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did the wadcast. Yeah, and uh, I remember that was you know that was what January of 2014. So you hadn't been to the games yet. It was like your I, I hadn't won regionals. You hadn't yet. won regionals yep. yet. It was, it was you were just like you had won, done really well at ECC. You'd been doing really yeah, well the, at these the like first, small the championships. First, like, well promoted ECC and I think they had like 12 games athletes. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was an eye opening experience for me. Yeah. I, I, I still talk about that competition all the time because you know, uh, that was the, the first time I met Chris Spieler. Uh, I met Tommy Hackenbrook, um, you know, so it was just wild. And you know, the stories from, I remember, uh, I came out of the warm up area and it was like before the fourth or fifth event. And uh, so I don't know. It, it's not even that I didn't, I, I got to meet these athletes for the first time. This is the first time I'm learning their names. You know, I was, I knew nothing about the sport and uh, you know, I'm come out of the warm area and I, to meet O'Keefe and uh, Bergeron and they're like, Hey, how's it going back there? Like, are you talking to anyone? Like basically like, I'm a kid at daycare. Yeah, like, did like, you make friends? Did you make friends today? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember telling, uh, telling them, I was like, yeah, I was like, there's this guy back there. I'm having a great time with him. Like just hanging out. I was like, his name's like Tommy Hucklebuck. <laughs> and, and both of them just like Tommy Hackenbrook. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's his name. Super nice guy. And, and Bergeron was like, that's Tommy Hackenbrook. He's like the two time affiliate champion. You should learn his name. And I was like, <laughs> and I, like when he said affiliate champ, I didn't even know what that meant. Right. And I was just like, oh, well, he's nice. Like that, that's all I cared about. And, uh, and I got to meet, meet Spieler and, uh, yeah, you know, that, that was kind of the first introduction to, to the, this whole network of people. Yeah. That's it. It is, it is really interesting to see because one of the sort of like things that came out of that weekend was I remember we just had we had a great time it was like the event was really cool the interview we had was really cool just overall it was just a really good time and then you know like a couple of games seasons later everyone is like why is matt fraser so angry all the time i was like that that what are you talking about like that wasn't at all the experience that i had with them like you know uh i i think a lot more of that has come out in the last year or two of you know, I realized this this issue that I created, you know, um, I'm the one that acts the way I do in competition. Um, and before, you know, I didn't have many interview opportunities or videos done on me. So I never had a really a platform to make it known that, yo, I'm not angry like that all the time. You know, I usually fairly lighthearted, but I'm not a very extroverted person i'm i'm usually like i see sammy and o'keefe during the day that's it though those are the people i interact with so they're usually the only ones that get to see me day to day everyone else i'm only in the public's eye for five six days a year Mm -hmm. 
And so rightfully so, people just assume that's how I am all the time. That's their first impression. That's their only impression. Um, but, you know, I, I've tried to make it known the last year or two, like when the Road to the Games videos were coming out. And I'd say like, you know, like I'm, I generally, I try to be a nice person, you know? Um, <laughs> like I swear, I am a nice guy. And, and uh, you know, they, they were kind of asking like, well, why why is there that switch between competition mode and training mode you know and and i, I had it, it took me a while to figure it out and and i had to point out like i work six days a year like basically my livelihood and my income is based off how i do on those six days like the few days at regionals few days at the games and that's going to affect the rest of my life you know um the contracts that I'm able to get, you know, and anything. Yeah. My ranking in CrossFit is off those six to seven days. And so during those six to seven days, I don't I don't care what you're doing, what you're saying, anything. I'm focused on the task at hand and that's being the best competitor I can be. And so I literally cut everything out of my life. Of course. The last few years of the games, I haven't even seen my parents until no shit. until after the final event and they bring them onto the competition floor. Like I see, I see Sammy and I don't even see her during the day. She comes to the room in the morning, gets me like, she'll like bring me breakfast and like, we'll hang out for 10, 15 minutes, have coffee together. And then my only interaction during the day is with O'Keefe and he has my coach's band. So he's taking care of me during the day. He's getting me what I need. Um, but even even during competition week, Sammy and I don't share a hotel room. She has her place. I have my place. Um, so you know, I literally cut out every single thing in my life just for those four days. You know, have that, you have you always been have you always been like that? Like in competition mode, you just sequester yourself. Um, you know, so I I, I competed in the weightlifting for ten years. Um, knowing the things I know now, um, if I if I were to go back and do it again, or if I had suggestions for my younger self, I, I would have changed a lot. You know, um, I, I was, I was a young kid when I competed. And so I competed like a young kid, you know, I trained like a young kid, you know, stuff wasn't probably the smartest or the best, but it's what I knew at the time. And so that's what I did. Um, now, now like the, the it's just the stakes are higher, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, over a five-day competition, the prize is three hundred thousand dollars, and then never mind the sponsorships that come with it. So you know, like that—that's a good annual income, and it all comes down to those four or five days. So, you know, I, I think it was just gradually, I got into it. And, you know, the first year was very lax. You know, I had no expectations. I had, didn't know what I was doing. So that was just taken for what it was. And then I was lazy the whole next year and kind of had a kick in the teeth and. And so then I realized, like, after those first two years, it's like, this is a very real possibility. I may never win this thing. I may always be the lovable loser or the, you know, the just not the results I want. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think I realized, okay, like, if I want to do this and I want to do it right, I want to get the results I want, you know, I'm cutting every variable out of my life to just focus on what I have control maximize over. Maximize this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That makes total sense. I mean, honestly, some of the media that was coming out, like after probably after the 15 games when you know it was like second place and there was like this there's this expectation going into the 2015 games it was like this is matt fraser's year he's gonna he's gonna pass the buck and it's gonna take the crown or whatever yeah, so it is, you know right? that um 
you know, I, I was guilty of that too. You know, I don't, I don't think I externalized it. Um, but you know, that was the feeling I had inside and, you know, it was because I was a, I had no idea what I was doing at the 2014 games. I was brand new to the sport and with making some huge mistakes, I still pulled second place and then Rich announces his retirement and I'm like, oh, he was second. I was second. He's retiring. It's mine. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Why, why would this not end up this way? Right. And, um, yeah. And then, so, you know, the whole year reflected that of just me resting on my laurels, you know, bad diet, bad sleep schedule, not dedicating the time and energy I needed to in the gym. Um, not listening to the people that knew what they were talking about, had experience with it. And they were trying to tell me how to do things. And I was like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and it reflected, you know, I ended up where I should have ended up. It wasn't like I had a bad weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I had a terrible weekend, but it reflected perfectly my whole year of training. So why would I expect any different? Um, so yeah, like I was guilty just like everyone else. Yeah. And, and then since then I've, it's been a completely different, I've never made that mistake again of walking, going to the games confident of like, it's mine. Never once. Um, and I, I don't think I ever will have that feeling again because because I know how wrong things can go in like that. Sure. I mean, even just, this past year, things almost went terribly wrong right off the bat. I mean, you well, fell off that fucking rig so hard. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I mean some, something <laughs> as simple as that. Like, if I had landed a tiny, like an inch another way, like who, who's to say? Like, I wouldn't have caught my ankle in a weird direction yeah. and games are over. Uh, 2017, I fucking blew out my LCL like day one and that could have ended things so quickly and so you know I see it it's kind of exactly how you know why I do what I do in the final events when there's a minimum work requirement I'm going out there comically slow and people are like well it's a parallel handstand push-ups you do you do a hundred of those a week you know why are you being cautious because I mean, a fluke can happen that one in a million time that you miss the parallel and tip to the side like I could break my wrist not be able to hit the minimum work requirement and my weekend was for nothing the whole right. year was for you get nothing. like zero yeah you don't even get like second place you get zero yeah you're not allowed on the podium if you don't hit the work requirement so I'm I'm fully aware of those situations and the the risk of it and so I try to assess those and attack it as appropriately as possible given the situation for a little while I thought there was like a, a conscious turn to the heel for you like I thought you were like you're like, you know what? CrossFit needs a bit of like a bad guy. And like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be, I'm going to be like a little sour and I'm going to like, look, you know, look like I haven't slept very well. And like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to mess with people right now. No, you know, and I, I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, people making the narrative that they see fit. Um, so in a perfect situation of watching the competition, you have one person that's looking around the competition floor, seeing where the competition is. And the, and the announcers say, Oh, rookie mistake. You got to stay in your lane, buddy. Like you can't, you can't be pacing off other people. You have to do what you're capable of. The guy in the next lane over does it. And they're oh, that's a seasoned veteran move. He's seeing where the competition is. You know, he's only going as fast as he has to. Well, which is it? Right. It's either, it's a rookie mistake or it's a season season. Like, like, like a, a veteran move, right. a calculated move. And so a lot of that is just depending on the person and 
the personality. So when I came out, I didn't think I was doing anything different than most of these guys have done before. Like, why would I be? No, like I'm when I go on the competition floor, I'm in competition mode. I'm not looking to for the hugs at the end of the competition. No, I'm there to compete. I want to do the best I can do. And and for a long time, it got perceived as I was angry. Um, I was bitter. And, you know, that probably goes with the narrative of I had lost two years in a row. Right. It's and like so, someone else is putting that and story so, in there. And so they see, they see that aggression and take it in a negative way. Whereas someone else who's coming off a couple event wins or, like, some success, and they, they're showing that same that same determination, grit, anger, whatever it is. And they're saying, Oh, good for him. You know, he's, he's not, he's not satisfied with his accomplishments yet. He's still a competitor and all this. So doing the exact same thing, but depending on the person or the prior interactions or whatever it is, the narrative gets spun a different way. Of course. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've done some soul, soul searching on that of like, why, why is my stuff being perceived in a negative way when so-and-so is doing the exact same thing and, and it's a perk, you know? Um, and you know, I just had to realize, you know, the, the people I'm close with, the people that matter to me, I'm good to them. They're good to me. And they know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And th- those are the, those are the relationships that matter. You know, what, what do I care what some random person thinks of me? I'm not sitting down having dinner with them. I'm not relying on them like for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. So, I, I keep the people close to me know the reasons. I make sure I'm I'm good to them. They're good to me. Um, and however anyone else wants to spin the narrative, they can right. kind of do what they want. You know, in the last year, you know, when it's when people are in town doing some filming, you know, I I try to explain myself, but I I can only do what I can do. Right. You know, if if, if they if they have a negative connotation of me, it is what it is. You know, so much of it also comes down to this idea of like. Um, you know, you can project anything you want onto like a canvas, right? And when they don't know you and all they get is, you know, this like 20 hours of footage of you basically competing and acting in a certain way and like seeing it within just that context. And, you know, you're you're a private guy. You're not like every day posting on your social media. Yeah. Like, here's my morning milkshake. You know, like, well, you know, that that's a huge thing, too, of like the, there are a lot of people that what you see on their Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is, that's them. You know, that's, that's what you get when you see them in person. And I, I think that's great. There's other people that I've watched their, their social media for years and been like, oh man, I'm going to get along with this person. Great. And then I meet them and I'm like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're a terrible person. Like you're mean. Oh, that and, sucks. And, but like you watch, you watch their social media and it's like, oh, they're the nicest people. Yeah. And then, then you meet the real them. And, and so, I mean, I'm. I'm sure that's what a lot of people see in me of like, you know, some of the interviews are in competition. It's like, you know, I, I can be short abrasive and you know, that's just what the situation calls for. If someone's in my lane while I'm competing, I'm not going to walk up and Hey man, like, like do, do you mind moving? I'm kind of like, I need to go there real quick. Yeah. No, I'm going to scream at them from 50 feet away. and like, yeah, like, it I'm, seems I'm, to happen to you a lot too. Dude, I don't know. I don't know what is that? I don't like, know why. I've never seen that for why, any other. Why competitor. some people just? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get right in this dude's lane. I'm like, so you know, it is what it is. Um, it, it's what the situation calls for, so I can have the best performance I can. Um, but I, I'd rather have someone be more pleased with meeting me in person. Of like, man, I thought you were gonna be this way, and you ended up being really nice. I'd, I'd rather have that in person. 
uh, than the other way. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of value on those, those one-on-one situations of like when someone comes into my house, you know, like, like Sam and I have, we have a bunch of pictures on our walls from travels and stuff like that. You know, just memories that are special to us, things that we've cool experiences we've shared. And, uh, and one thing I love is when someone new comes into our house and they're, they're sitting there looking at this collage of photos or, you know, and they're like, when did you go to this place? Like, this, this is so cool. And they're like, I never saw you post about going there. I'm like, yeah, because I wanted to share that moment with you right now. Like I value this one-on-one interaction of, I want you to feel special when you come into my house because, you know, I've seen it with some of the other games athletes of like, they'll, they'll go on a first date and they'll be like, Oh yeah. Like last month I went here and the, person is like oh yeah, yeah yeah i saw you post about that and they're like all right well like what do we have to talk about now yeah it's like well that conversation <laughs> just ended so I, I you know i i put a lot of value on friendships relationships i have in my life so when when someone comes into my house i want them to know that they're they're seeing a side of me that no one else gets to see you know yeah. i'm sharing stories with them that i don't put online or put in interviews and and i feel like that gets reciprocated of i hold a special part in their life as well. So, I mean, that's, that's probably the most mature thing I've ever heard anyone say about <laughs> social media, like, probably like, like the most healthy relationship yeah. to social media you can have, because that happens so much. And especially in our space, like there's this idea of, of giving people like a hundred percent access. You got to always have your Instagram story. You got to always have your, you know, like posts. And it's like, why, why, yeah, why you do know, people like, need that? It was like my first year in CrossFit. Um, I didn't have a Facebook. I didn't have an Instagram. Um, and I had no interest in it. And, and so, you know, uh, someone who knew better than me and knew the industry a little bit was like, you need these things. And, uh, so, you know, I was dead against it for a long time and then someone else ran it. And, and then it was probably a couple of years and, you know, I saw the power of it and I saw how much people learn about you from what you post. And, um, and so I was like, okay, like I want to take care of this. I, I want people to have an idea of my personality or what I'm about. You know, I want to attract people that like me for me. You know, why would I want to attract someone that we collide? You know, right. that's not going to be a good relationship. You know, when they meet the real me, they're not going to like me. So what's the use of it? You know, um, so now I, I see the power of it, but there is definitely some you know, at, at this point, there's not much, you know, there's a lot of cameras around that and they come into your home and, and so they, they see a lot and they want to tell a good story. So they show as much as they can. And so, you know, there's, there's still some stuff that I try to value and kind of keep. It's like, yeah, it's, of it's course. my, my and Sammy's life, you know, that's, so we want to keep that special to us, but, but, you know, for the most part, there's not many secrets anymore. There's, there's not much that hasn't been shown. Right. Um, but so the stuff I can keep special, I do. But. That makes sense. I mean, so much of um, it comes from a place of I think it comes from a place of love or at the very least respect of people wanting to know these. Yeah. Things. And, you know, that's a big thing. I, I was just talking about this a couple minutes ago with someone else and they they were talking about, you know, just walking through an airport and like a lot of people are very nice about it. You know, they come up and like, Hey, I'm big fan, you know, great to meet you. Can I get a picture? And yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, and, and then there's the odd person that it's like wrong time, wrong place. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting at dinner with, with my family 
and and it's not even it's not even convenient for me to stand up out of the booth to take a picture you know i'm like tucked in but under like five people in the booth (laughs) and people are like leaning over the table to get a picture and and it's kind of like i i get it but wrong time wrong place also on their end that's a bad photo it's not gonna look good you're like (laughs) leaning over like what's gonna happen why would you do Uh, that but you know now it's something i wouldn't do but a few years ago i've i've done it i've been that guy in the airport someone i see like the guy running to his gate and i'm like i don't care you're late i want a picture and i'm a fan (laughs) and so this type of thing i get it i've been there i've done it so i understand it um but you know, most people, ninety-nine out of a hundred, are super nice, super polite. They want to ask you how your day is. They want to, like, they yeah. want to have a conversation. It doesn't matter what group you go into. There's going to be one rude person. There's going to be someone that is just not a good person, right? And so you just kind of accept it, and you know, what are you? You're not going to change them. Yeah, you're, I mean, there's... you're not going to you're not going to say something so profound that they change who they are as a person. <laughs> if you do, let me know because <laughs> those words could be it's, really useful. It's a losing battle. <laughs> it's not, you're not winning that one. It's it's interesting because the the CrossFit the normal CrossFit crowd like you're not going to get um you know you're not going to get like the guy who's like going to stan you like Eminem's stand right mm-hmm. like they're not going to stalk you and like send you pick like cut, cuts of their hair. Wait, are there are there people doing that? Like people uh, we, stalking we, you? We won't get into that. Oh yeah. wow, really? Okay, I've, I've had I've had a few few situations that no way probably okay. aren't 100 healthy. But Jeez. at the same time, I've had some some of the best memories and coolest experience I've had are from random people that I didn't know. Yeah, and uh, just they came up, introduced themselves. We got to chatting, realized we had a lot of similarities outside of the gym, and now they're lifelong friends. Um, and these are people that without CrossFit or without them approaching me and be like, Hey, I'm a fan, you know, and I, I would have never met these people. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we've gotten into some cool, some, they probably started out as like a very high rate of this could go terribly wrong. And, <laughs> and then they turned into some of the coolest life experiences and people that I stay in constant contact with every day. You know, I travel halfway around the world to visit them and, uh, yeah just stuff that I'm like, this wasn't supposed to be my life. How did I get this opportunity? You know? So it's, it's pretty wild to see how it turns out. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you and in Miami, like thousands (laughs) of miles away from where I live. Like how did, how is this my life? Yeah. I mean, like just happens. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like the, the one perfect example was, uh, the, the tattoo artist that's done my right arm. Um, I literally started following his Instagram page because of his tattoos, I didn't realize he was a CrossFitter. And then it was like, I was like going through his page, just looking at all this artwork he's done. And I was like a year and a half into his page. And he posted something about being at a local competition, cheering on one of his friends. I'm like, holy shit. Like you do CrossFit. That's cool. And then, uh, I forget who reached out first. Um, I want to say he, he posted a video of him doing cleans and he tagged me. And was like, any tips? And uh, and we went back and forth. You know, I gave him some technique pointers. And uh, and then I, I just dropped something as casual as like, hey, man, ne- next time you're stateside, let me know. I'd love to get a tattoo by you. And um, so when he was in the States, it was like the week of regional. So I couldn't line it up, all this stuff. Anyways, so I was over at the Swiss Alpine battle. Like, it was like 2015, 2016, something like that. And he hit me up and was like, Hey man, just, just so you know, right now you're from, you're three hours from 
my tattoo shop in Milan, like, like add on a yeah. couple of days after your trip, come to Milan, I'll put you up and give you a tattoo. And, uh, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. Like I'll extend my trip. He came to the competition, watched me for two or three days. And then I was getting in the car with him to drive from Switzerland to Italy. And, uh, and it was O'Keefe was like, Hey, like, what are you doing after the competition? I was like, Oh, I'm going to Italy with that guy. And, o- and O'Keefe was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you're going to Italy? With- do you know him? I was like, yeah, yeah, man. We've talked on Instagram. And he was like, you're getting in a car with a man you've met on the internet? And and so, like, at the time, I was like, well, yeah. like, well, what, Why wouldn't that? What, what, what can go wrong, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, O'Keefe ended up coming to Italy with me. And, uh, and, we, made, and we made a vacation out of it. <laughs> but I've been back over. I've stayed in contact with this guy and on Mako, Mako Tattoo, Antonio Mako. He's like this world-renowned tattoo artist. Um, Sam and I have gone back to Italy um, to his other tattoo shop. He put us up at his his place. He has an Airbnb compound. Just luxurious. Sounds legit. And uh, like we're in the Italian countryside. He's showing us around. And like that wasn't supposed to be my life. I'm not supposed to be going to southern Italy for vacation and getting this tattoo and hanging out with all, all his dudes. Like... They're taking us to all the local spots, and it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. And and right now we're trying to line up to go back and do it again. Yeah. Um, you've got to be open to that type of um, experience, right? Like if you're going, if I think if you had had the mindset of like people I meet on the internet could be dangerous, this isn't a good idea. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like I'm not. It's not like a dude's hitting me up, and I'm like, <laughs> yo, bring your van around back, and we'll go hang out. No, it's like I'm I'm in constant contact with these people for months, and then and then we hang out. But uh, yeah, you know, like that was just one of those vacations that it, it couldn't. Even if you're willing to pay the money for it, it's not happening. Right. You know, you're not you're not getting the uh, the authentic of like this dude rolls with a posse. Like that's legit. That's so ridiculous. Every, every night they, there's like 12 to 15 of them that every night they go out to eat together. That's awesome. And, um, and we, so we went out to eat and I was like, how many are are we expecting? And he was like, Oh, up to 15. I was like, what do you mean? Like, and he was like, you'll see, you'll see, like, I'll, I'll show you later. And so it's like, like a scene out of like the Godfather, dude, these, so every single dude from like chin down, is covered in tattoos. These dudes are a badass crew. And uh and so Antonio has done all the tattoos on all of them. They're all full suits. Incredible. That's crazy. And then so we the first night there, we go into this restaurant. It looks like a scene out of the Godfather, like just big cathedral ceilings with the paint, like the murals all over them, like ball and ass place. He takes the table for 15 and there's only the three of us, Sammy, Antonio and I. And um and then all his homies start trickling in one by one. And uh, he, the waiter comes over and is like, what would you like to eat? And he talks to him in Italian. And and I was like, what would you order? And he goes, everything. I was like, uh, something was lost in translation. We're good. So the plates start coming out. And every plate that comes out, I think that's the meal. And I fill up. And then I fill up. And I fill up. And I'm just like about to pop. And I, I'm like, yo, how many more plates are coming? And he goes like 12 <laughs> i was like the fuck what the fuck do you mean the 12 more yeah, plates no, we haven't even started and he was like i ordered everything on the menu i was like 
what the fuck? Like, what are you? And he's like, dude, there's 15 of us. And the bill came at the end of the night and it ended up being like 50 bucks a person. Dude, what? And he was like, he's like, if you came here by yourself and tried to replicate that meal and got like a little bit of everything, he's like, you'd be $400. He goes, we roll with this crew. We pay 50 bucks a piece. We eat like kings. And it was like that every night. It was That is sick. so legit. That is so yeah. legit. The oh. the idea of like, you know, being just in a in a boss ass crew like that. That's that's like uh that is like Goodfellas. I'm sure they were all coming in through the back, like walking through the kitchen, high fiving the chefs. Well, like like there, there, there's a couple <laughs> situations of like I'm like, damn, this this dude's this dude's a boss, you know. Uh so the the final the final course was lobster. And uh and he asked the waiter like do you have any good catch of the day type stuff? And so, so this town is like a, it's like, like a fisherman's wharf. Like, so all the food, so we're in Italy and we had no pasta. It was all seafood and it was all raw. That's awesome. It's so fresh and the water's so clean that they don't cook anything. You just like squirt a little lemon juice on it or lime juice, whatever it was and down stuff that I didn't know you could eat raw. And it was, it's what they're all doing. So I was like, all right, when, when in Rome, you know? And, uh, he has a way to go over and like, he's like, show me your best lobster. And he holds up this like dinosaur and it was like seven pounds or seven pounds or seven kilos, whichever one's like the, that's crazy. That's a, that sounds like a I want to say seven pounds. Yeah. That sounds like a it lot. It was huge. And like, it, like claws the size of like your arm. So the, the claw I got was like, I think it was over like a pound and a half. Like they, F. so like I, I was like, I was the guest, you know? And so Antonio reaches over and just like breaks off the claw, throws it on my plate, and was like, "That's for you. Like you're the guest." I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. It was like, it was like six lobster tails all into one. And so you know, <laughs> but it's it's it was trips like that that even if you're willing to pay, like you're not getting the local experience. You know, if if you're going on vacation, most of the time you're opening up the pamphlet, you're doing the stuff that you see that they promote. You're not getting to do the local stuff. So we, we've had those trips, Australia, Brazil, Italy, you know, we've been to Italy a couple times, um, but getting like, I go over to, to coach a seminar at a gym. Well, the gym owner wants to show me a good time. So I want to come back. And, and so they, they show me this experience that makes me fall in love with this new country. And without that, you know, I, I wouldn't be living these, these trips, you know, these, these experiences that I get to remember for the rest of my life. And that's what the pictures are on the wall of Sam and I doing these just outrageous things. Let's let's shift gears real quick. I'm sure you talk about this constantly with everyone who's like interviewing you, right? But the new game season format, I think, kind of ties into some of the stuff that we were just talking about because in a way, this gives you an opportunity to maybe explore some more of, you know, the media opportunities, the traveling opportunities, because of you know, now your season can be planned in a much more flexible way around your, your ability to qualify. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, I was, I, I got put in a good situation this year where, you know, I wanted to start taking attempts at qualifying as soon as possible. Um, so first opportunity was in Dubai. Um, I jumped on that opportunity and, so now, now that, you know, the competition went well and I won and I have a spot, you know, I'll still be doing the open and stuff, but now that I have a spot, I'm able to line up 
an off season and travel and do these cool things. But before that, it was tough because I'm trying to line up trips like coming here. Uh, you know, after this, I'm I'm going to Vegas for four days with Sammy for Shot Show, and then after that, I'm going to Spain for a couple days for a sponsorship thing. So before Dubai, all, all the people in my life are trying to arrange these trips, and I'm like, yeah, I I want to go to Vegas for four days to hang out with my friends, but if I don't win in Dubai and I'm not qualified for the games, I'm not going on vacation. I I need to keep training. I need to sign up for another competition, get ready for that one. If that one doesn't go well, I need to do another one. Um, so, you know, it was, I don't want to say it was, it was just difficult to plan regular life events because I didn't know, am I going to be qualified or not? You know, with regionals, there was that simplicity of if you're not quali- if you don't make the qualifier this weekend, your season's done, go do whatever you want. Um, but then with that, with that simplicity comes the stress of, if you're not ready this weekend, right, you're out. Like God forbid you have a flu. Or so like, so if I have the flu, if I twist an ankle, anything, and it's the type of thing like if there was three weeks of regionals and you have the flu and you're competing all week one and you have the flu, you you want to sit there and be like, yo, let me, I'll fly out to the California region on week three when I'm not sick and I'll do all the same competition and see if I qualify. But that's just not the way it's set up. So you yeah. know, there's that huge barrier of. You know, some even during the open, you know, you tweak your shoulder and can't complete that week's workout. You you want to be able to do I'll I'll do the I'll do that workout next week. Let my shoulder heal. You know, nope, not an option. So you know, the sense of opportunity for if you get sick or injured or something like that. I think this new format is phenomenal. Of I'm sure there's some people that would rather take an off season during December. They want to enjoy Christmas and all that new years with their family and friends and then compete later in the year. Whereas I want to qualify as soon as possible. I punch my ticket. So I'm still doing the open, but worst case scenario, I go to the games in from, from my Dubai ticket. Right. Um, and now, now I get to have my off season. So I think it opens up the freedom like that, but it does make it tough to, like going into Dubai, I'm like, no, like after this, if I, if it doesn't go well, I still need to qualify. Yeah, the season continues. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and, and, you know, it's just, it's just change, you know, uh, I feel like whether the change is good or bad, there's going to be resistance. People want, want to deal with the devil. They know, you know, they, I've been doing it this way for five years. I want to continue doing it this way for five years. So whether the change is completely reasonable or not, there's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some people with their arms up and Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm I'm curious about uh, Dubai because you've been there before, you'd won there before, but you're you you've notoriously been like game season is my season, like this is what I'm working for, and I'm staying out of these events. And uh, I think the change obviously gave you an opportunity to go back to Dubai, but you know, like what what was that experience like knowing that it's not just this off season thing anymore like this thing counts counts in a way that it never has counted before yeah um you know so i i think i think i did some off season competitions after the 2016 games but i think then going into 2017 2018 it was just open regionals games you know um 
I, I saw the weight and the benefit that came from the games. And so I wanted to pour every ounce of myself into those. Um, so that was, that, that was the reasoning behind that. You know, I had, I have some sponsors that take care of me, but then come the off season, they want me to, to help them. You know, that's the whole give and take relationship. And so I, when I took an off season, that's when I line up all my travel for sponsors. That's when I line up all my travel for myself and vacation. Um, and so I want to, I want to give everything I have to those moments, you know, whether if I'm on vacation with Sammy, I don't want to have to be worrying about, I need to go to the gym for six hours today. No, that that's taken away from my vacation. It's taken away from her vacation. This is our time. This is our vacation time. You know, we just went through my whole season where everything revolved around me. No, this trip, it's going to be us, you know? Um, and then on top of it, you know, with traveling for sponsors, you know, that's what sponsorships are for. You know, they support me, I support them. Uh, and so when I go on those trips, I want to fulfill the day with what they need so that they're happy with the relationship that we've set up. Uh, so when I take an off season, I take an off season, you know, it's full of travel, it's full of vacation, cool experiences, but it is some work, but, um, yeah. I mean, what was it? Uh, I think, you know, Dubai had, has had a, an interesting, uh, I guess, reputation, I guess. It's like it's on the other side of the world. It's not really well understood. The 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 money behind it is like everyone's going to get paid. It's going to be great. And then, you know, the, there's that last event this year where, you know, we, we were actually we were talking. It was like, you know, you'd locked it up. You basically had to do the minimum work requirement, whatever that was going to be for the final event. And then suddenly it was like 30 G's on the line for the final event, like suddenly you're going to have to go out there and send it. Yeah. You know, they, they're in a situation where they can play their own game. Um, they don't have to, in years past, they, they didn't have to answer to anyone. They, um, they were putting on an event that, that they thought was cool that they wanted to watch and they're the ones paying for it. So they can literally do whatever they want. You know, it's capitalism at their finest, you know? Um, and I remember, I remember when I was there in 2016, I I asked a question to one of the guys about something related with like prize money and the events and I was kind of like who's allowing this like this event is ridiculous type thing like we, like we've never seen anything like it before mm -hmm. how is this allowed and and we were up, we were at in the mall at the hockey rink like about to go on the floor and he pulled he pulled me in close he goes look around you see any signs? I was like, no. He goes, you see anyone else's name on here? I was like, no. He goes, no. All of this is out of his pocket. He like they didn't have any sponsorships, nothing. It was all his personal money. He wanted to see this competition. He wanted to put on go. this show. And so he's like, no, I'm, I'm the only one I'm answering to. So here's the event. If you don't want to, if you don't want to participate you don't have to no one's forcing you to mm -hmm. but if you want to win this prize money then you're going to do it um so this year was a totally different experience from what i had in previous in 2016 and then what i've heard and seen in other years you know just these outrageous spectacles of events everything's bigger heavier longer you know um this year they i think they took it seriously that this is part of the game season this is a qualify this counts for something this isn't just a show for us anymore mm -hmm. 
So this year, you know, I went over fully prepared for a five day, 15 event. Everything's just the heaviest, biggest and best. Um, and they took it. I, I feel like they took it much more serious than years prior of, nope, we're not doing 15 events. We're doing 10. Nope, there's no 60 minute AMRAPs. Yeah. Like these are the work, like they're, yeah. they're good workouts. Like you're not going to have to try and clean a 230 pound kettlebell or something. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like I know years prior, they literally had a 60 minute AMRAP as one of the workouts. Now, if, if that popped up as a qualifier workout to get to the games, there would be a lot of people with their hands up in the air. But because it was just this event in Dubai where they're throwing around big cash. Well, people are going to do it, you know, they yeah. want, they want to win that prize. They're going to do what it takes. So I was very pleased this year with like, it was still tough. There was still a lot of heavy stuff. There was still, but, but they were trying to put on a good show for the competition. They were trying to get audiences. Like this is the biggest audience in Dubai that I've ever seen. You know, usually, oh, yeah. usually the crowds are sparse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's every competitor's boyfriend or girlfriend in the crowd. Uh, that's it. You know? Yeah. Uh, so this year, you know, it was it was tough. It was there was a, there were a lot of good good guys. Like there's some good competition there. Um, yeah, they did a really good job with the programming this year. That that idea because before this year, they were essentially like the winter games. At least that's yeah. how they put themselves out, right? And so the workouts were just gnarly, They're gnarly, vicious. Yeah. And this year, I was like, are they gonna kill these fuckers? Like before the season even yeah, starts. So, <laughs> so I I went to it fully anticipating the same experience I've had in years prior of just a beat. I remember when I did it in 2016, I was more beat up and hurt after that event than I was after the games. Hands down, it wasn't even a close comparison. I was trashed. Um, and then, so I went in prepared for that this year. They, they didn't release anything ahead of time of like, hey, this year we're going to like run a, run a better competition yeah it's gonna be regionals plus instead of games plus yeah exactly um so i went over fully prepared and just like in a mental state of i don't care what they throw at me it's four days it will be over when it's over like it will end it will end so just keep that in mind of like no matter what they throw at you you're not gonna die and it will end um and then i got there and was pleasantly surprised that they programmed great events and it was a good experience yeah. You know, I think um, it's interesting to me that really early on uh, you had been talking about how, you know, you first met Tommy and Spiel and like all these people at this competition where you were competing uh, amongst these you know legends in the sport at the time who you were kind of like the young upstart. And now you've kind of evolved into, you know, you're a veteran. You are a student of the game. Like you understand this process of competing and training for this type of competition probably better than. I mean, I guess based off of your results, arguably better than anybody else does, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, individually, at least, Um, you know, do you have an idea of like after your, your, your actual competitive career is is done over with or what you're going to try and do, or you're going to try and stay involved in this thing and like, you know, do something with that, that knowledge you've accrued over the past few years? No, obviously this is a thought about frequently thing of like i've known from day one the time stamp on competing is in the grand scheme of things it's very short you know um and like everyone's oh what are you gonna do after crossfit and 
I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm focused on the moment right now. And, you know, uh, it's like you haven't answered that question in your mind since like an hour oh, and a no, half no. ago when the last person asked <laughs> you, right? <laughs> no, and I, I definitely have ideas of things that I know I like to do. Um, I don't do well with idle hands. Like even during the off season, if, if I'm left alone in the house for like two days, I'm so like stir crazy. You're just losing it. No, it's more just like I get sad, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to say depressed and like because there are people that are actually dealing with depression, but you know, I just get very sad and and feel like a I'm I'm a loser because I'm like I'm not working towards anything, I'm not applying myself to anything, I'm not getting better, I'm not bettering myself, I'm not bettering anyone else. So I know as as soon as I'm done, I will find something, whether um, you know, like I, I love building stuff. I love guns, you know, whether it's applying my engineering degree to something in construction industry or the, the firearms industry. Um, I don't know. Uh, I won't, I won't open an affiliate ever. I won't, um, odds are I won't sell programming. Um, when, when, so I don't care for coaching. I'm, I know I'm a good Olympic coach. You know, I did it for years. Um, I know, I'm confident in my Olympic coaching skills. Yeah. Um, but I did not realize how gratifying it was to help someone in their fitness journey. You know, when they're going from zero to just getting to the gym and starting to see results. Um, I've had a couple close friends do that. And I can't believe how gratifying it, it was something that I've never dealt with. So I didn't know how, like how it would be. It be. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I've had, I've had a couple friends and family members ask me and ask for advice. How do I start? How do I start cleaning up my diet? You know, all these very simple things that for, for me, I've been in it for a long time now. So I know the answers, but for someone who's never stepped foot in the gym, that's a very intimidating thing. You walk in and you see all the clicks of people that know each other. You, you, when they see the workout on the board, they know where all the equipment is. They know what the stuff means for a brand new beginner. That's very intimidating yeah. and it can drive a lot of people away. Um, so when, when someone does reach out to me that I know and they ask me, I, I, I take it seriously. I'm like, yes, I I've been in your shoes. I know how hard it is. Um, and so I, I've, I've had a couple people close to me lose like 70, 70, 80 pounds. It's huge. And it's like it, life changing. Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, so I'm sure I'll keep doing that type of thing for the people close to me. Um, but are you aware that you're hook gripping the microphone right now? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a habit because I, I have the long thumbnails. And so a lot of people just see that and they, they're like, it's kind of, kind of gross. Like all my other nails are short. Right. And then I just have a long thumbnail. So Why do you keep your thumbnail long? For a hook grip. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you have more well, surface so like area. Where, where the nail attaches to my thumb, yeah. there's still a lot of surface area past it. And so if I don't have a long thumbnail the nail will cut my finger. Interesting. Um, so like when, when I did Olympic lifting, like the first like five, six years, I kept all my nails cut short like a normal human. And and every day, like there would be blood on the bar from my thumbs from the nail cutting my thumb. And, and it was, I had a coach up, up in uh, North Bay, Ontario, Larry, Larry Shepard. He was like, He's like, dude, grow your fucking thumbnail out. What are you doing? <laughs> like you're cutting yourself like every day. Simple solution, man. And I was like, that's weird. And, and he was like, well, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. So do it. 
And so, like, I started doing it when I was probably, like, I don't know, 15, 16. And immediately, like, I stopped cutting, cutting, your cutting thumb my up, thumb yeah. open. <laughs> and uh, so I just i have always had it. So it's, like, it's more like when I'm in public. Like, if I'm on, like, like the subway or a bus or, like, like on the tram on the airport. Yeah. And, like, like there's the pole and I'll just, like, be holding like that. And you'll see some looks no from the, way, from really? the per- well i mean just just because your thumbnail's long yeah i mean well i mean it's I like when, when you strange. see the the person with like flip-flops on they have like the three inch toenails and yeah, you're yeah. Like, oh well they can't fit their feet in shoes yeah exactly <laughs> so like i i've i remember like when i first started dating sammy it was like we were a couple months into dating and, and like we're sitting at dinner or something and like i have my hands out and she was like hey we've been dating a while now. Why is your thumbnail long? And, <laughs> and it was, and she said she was like, um, she was like, if all your nails were long, I'd probably have less of a question. Like you just need to cut your nails. But she was like, it, you're like, your hands aren't gross. It's just, you have a long thumbnail. And I was like, Oh, that's embarrassing. Like you've been thinking that <laughs> you've been thinking that for the last five, six months. And like, you haven't asked me, you just thought I was like, a weirdo with long thumbnails, but. Like yeah. he's so nice. I really want to introduce him to my parents, but that thumbnail. I yeah, it, no, it. exactly. That that was exactly <laughs> the situation, and uh, yeah, like I've just always had it. And I was just like, man, he's practicing right now. Like this is great. <laughs> no, yeah, like, <laughs> this is what it takes. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should also. <laughs> Yeah, this this is what's in right now. Yeah, yeah. let's use hook grip everything. <laughs> yeah. Hook grip everything. That's a good. That's a that's a new hashtag for the for the, the Matt Fraser Instagram. Um, finally, before we wrap up here, I know that. Uh, well, apparently, you watch a lot of The Office, or oh, have been. It's on the it's on loop in our house. What's your favorite episode? I was trying to think about this last night when we were, like Sam Sam and I like have we just put on an episode just to kind of wind down after the day. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can name an episode. So the episode was playing um, when Michael left and Will Ferrell came on. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's just on in the background. And Sammy kind of looks at me, can we change it? Like, I hate this episode. Or like these three episodes. Because she's like, I know they they make Will Ferrell like an unlikable character. But she's like, I just feel awkward. Like, yeah. I feel awkward for him. And I was like, yep, click, click, click. All right, cool. Like, yeah, there's like there's this middle, then, it's like really the middle seasons that, that and the then like juices. We're, yeah, we're we're watching like Dwight Schrute when he's acting manager. Like that episode, those episodes are phenomenal. Yeah, uh, those are solid. The, the I I personally like the dinner party. It might be the most awkward television episode. See, I've ever I seen. I think the dinner party. It's probably the most quoted between Sam and I. I'm like, hey babe, babe, <laughs> babe. But I think it has some of the best content. But it's so you it's so awkward it that hurts. that you feel awkward for them oh, and you're just kind of cringy like oh god you for know? sure there's yeah. definitely some of those episodes where you're like oh don't do that michael like yeah. i can't watch scott's tots ever again oh i watched it once and i was like but, i can never watch this episode <laughs> but but the the amount of like quotes and awesome scenes that come from it absolutely of, uh like what you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> like? I, you don't know how many times that comes up during the day of like Sammy and I will will sing that. You yeah. know, just like we're puttering in the kitchen and and that comes up. But like he's like <laughs> he's like I've a lot of I've made a lot of empty promises in my day. 
that was by far the most generous one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's proud of how generous he was Absolutely. in his lie. Absolutely. <laughs> it, the, the show is, is quotable in so many different ways. And it has like all the different types of comedy that like super awkward, cringy comedy to like yeah. just ab- like regular old. Comedy and then that, and then on top of it, just like the best love stories ever. Right. Like try to watch Casino Night in the episode. Ap- like see episode one of season four is amazing. Try to watch that without crying. Yeah, we oh. just. Watched, we just came back around to the casino night last week, my wife and I. It's yeah. A, it's, it's a classic. And then the episode where like Jim leaves his corporate interview to ask Pam out on a date. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. I tear up every time. I think everything's going okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. Awesome. Well, dude, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I hope you have a great weekend. It sounds like you're having a good time. So Yeah, I'm, a, I'm having a great time. You know, uh, I, I was having fun just like working and setting up the rigs and stuff um but now there, there's a lot of people here so it's kind of yeah it's good I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to watch as many events as i can but at the same time this is the first time i'm in these at a competition without competing so i'm trying to line up as much stuff like this because when i'm in season i'm like in my in my hole you right. know uh so yeah Awesome, having a good time. I, I hope I hope you get to you don't get too mobbed down there. Like, yeah. Get a chance to to watch and hang out a little bit without yeah. having everything every moment turn into a photo. But, I you mean, know, even if it does, it's, it's part of the process. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the process. We're still in Miami, still beautiful outside and surrounded by friends. So yeah, and you already have your spot at the games, so you can't <laughs> complain. All those other guys are just yo, know, they're just working so hard. Yeah, You're just like hi, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate. Hey, thank it. you.